Where did those eight deals come from? One came from the, my sphere, the gentleman I was friends with on the same street I lived at. And from there, one was a, a lead. And that lead, um, she is what literally pretty much fed me to everybody else. Somehow everything trickled or somebody in her work environment, she mentioned me. And then I'd get a phone call and say, oh, so-and-so mentioned you. And it would just keep going from there. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to the Happy Agent Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Beggins, and we've got, as always, my brother. Greg Beggins, good to see you all. And Mike Puma hanging out with us today, our Chief Marketing Officer. And we have a really cool guest for you today, and it's Cheryl Crawford. And Cheryl is a newer agent with us who is absolutely crushing it. And she's got a really interesting backstory. So I, I think it would be interesting to hear kind of what happened with um, what what kind of led Cheryl into this business and kind of what's happened because she had some pretty good success um, in a very short period of time and a lot more coming. So Cheryl, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I think you're going to bring a lot of value to the people who are watching this today. So hi everybody. So Cheryl, let's talk about, I love this story. I really do. Mm -hmm. Good. It's bad. It's ugly. It's drama filled. It's sad. It's exciting. It's happy. It is true documentary style. Right. And Real life having, it's having a really happy ending, which is my favorite part of the whole story. So let's go back to where are you from? Where were you born? What were, what did you get into and kind of what, what led you into real estate? So let's kind of go back to that aspect. Okay. So I am originally from Boston, Mass. I moved down here in 19, I want to say 88 because my mother moved down here. I moved to Treasure Island. It was the first place I ever lived. Then from there, within the first year, I moved to Madeira. So from 1989 until 2017, Madeira was my home. I got a unique opportunity to, I saw an ad in the paper to go work, uh, literally a tiny little ad in the paper to go work at City Hall in Madeira Beach. So I went down there and I applied and I got the job. Made $6.25 an hour. I was a front desk girl and I did building and planning and zoning and licensing and just about everything you can imagine when you walk through that door, oh, which was a lot of real estate too. A lot of re realtors would come in every day for zoning questions, land use questions and all that kind of stuff too. So I got to see that side of it. Thank God we have computers now, <laughs> but <laughs> you would have to call all the time. And I used to feel bad for those people because they'd call me all day long. So anyway, fast forward. 27 years I worked for that city, raised three children there. All my kids went through the rec center. Um, I worked in the building department. I've worked at every job except the city manager, who happens to now be my husband. And happily ever after, all these years later. And I can tell you just, just from being here for, for a while and working in all the different cities, Madeira, under, when you guys were there, was so nice to work with. Right, they're very, very easy, very, very pleasant, very growth oriented, um, and I mean the knowledge base that you have after 27 years is unbelievable. There's really not a there's not a street she doesn't know. There's not a parcel she doesn't know. There's not know. Uh, a zoning district, a street, anything, anything. Like she knows more about Madeira Beach than anybody in the in all of Madeira Beach. So, <laughs> and then so what? Ha I think we'll we'll touch a little bit on the story because it's pretty interesting. Because you know politics screws up a lot of different things on this one. And um, it is, we kind of have a little love interest that happens along the way. 
in this story, which is pretty interesting. So over 27 years, you saw a bunch of mayors, commissioners, city managers come in and come out, and you kind of outlasted all of them. You were the staple in that city for really. Was there any, anybody else who's been there for 27 years? Um, a few firefighters. Other than that, but actually Other in the that, city itself. In the actual core of City Hall, no, no, no. unfortunately. Um, no, wait, I take that back. Donna Raleigh. She worked in public works. I think she's still yep. the finance admin. But other than yep. that, no. Everybody's either been gone, passed away, or just moved on in some way. But yeah, I was a, I was a constant there. No and doubt. No doubt about it. I wrote it. out a lot of stuff. Did they ever raise you more than $6 an hour? Um, I eventually I eventually got to where I was in the end. and I. But again, in the end, I still didn't make as much as I did on that one deal. So it's crazy how life works. But yeah, eventually I did get promoted from $6.25 an hour, but it took me five years to make $10 an hour there. But that's back in 1990. So, you know, you, nobody made any money back then. And Madeira Beach is nothing what it was, what it is in comparison to today. I mean, nobody wanted to live there. Um, it was a fishing community. It wasn't what it is today. Fishing village with a drinking problem. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> and you know, it was, and I, I'm not gonna lie, it was not a great place to uh, to be. I mean, it was, there was a lot of crime, there was a lot of everything. But in time, with development, better, you know, commissioners, better city managers, we got it to where it is today. And that was kind of part of what the unraveling was about. I mean, anytime you go from a beach town to a resort town, there's a lot of resistance, right? right? And we've been facing that for the last 10 years, especially. And there's a lot of resistance. And I think it's kind of hit that tipping point where it's evolved from a beach town into an, it's an emerging resort town now. I mean, with the projects that are coming up over here and it's, 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 it's changing the dynamics of the town, which creates a lot of resistance too. So, and part of, um, part of that was this new, young, energetic, strapping city manager that came to work there. And yeah, he was actually standing right behind me. <laughs> in the back. All right, so there we go. <laughs> Hopefully, he has clothes on. You never know what this guy. He, will does. he does. <laughs> so, so Shane comes in as the city manager uh, to Madeira Beach and comes in um, with the mayor at the time, Mayor Travis, and really put some emphasis on growth and pro-growth and responsible growth. But just realizing that in order to fund a town, you need to have projects coming in and projects, responsible growth, right, is a is a definition that a lot of people, some people agree with, some people have a different definition of. Correct. So responsible growth to some people is nothing, never over my dead body, nothing will ever built here. That's responsible growth to some. And others are like being realistic, saying one day we might need a new fire truck. Hey, might one day we might actually need to replace some amenities in town and we're going to need revenues to do that. So how do we get revenues? We need to have some projects come around. So that created some drama, I guess you could say, in there, especially over a couple of projects. And and then, long story made short, um, I guess you could finish that story <laughs> from your perspective. Well, you know, well, people either like development or they don't like development. And many, many people hate what they don't know. You know, and a lot of people hate change. And there is a large group of people in Madeira Beach who want things to just stay the same you know, and not progress any and make it continuously look like a tiny little fishing village. 
And then there's another group of people who think like you and like Shane that want it to look better, you know, more tax dollars, more tourism, better for everybody, you know, it's a win-win all across the board. But because the people who don't like development, uh, when they went to run for office, which I've never heard of, is three, three, one. So it was a three, two. And when those three anti-developers won their seats, the first thing they did was get rid of what they thought was the cause being Shane and myself, because in their mind, we were pro-development, which honestly, why not? I mean, look at how much better Madeira already looks right now. See, that's that's the difference with, with growth. I mean, I live in Madeira. I moved here. I've got two little kids here in Madeira, which range from my family here. And I love it, right? Now, I love what it's becoming, too. I like the transition yes. here. Now, there's also, in every town, there's problems, right? But on the beach towns, you have your own little problems. And there's there's still problems, right? There's still drug issues. There's yep. still issues in this town. And there's fishermen, and there's a little, you know, a little crime here and there. But it's 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 changing. I think what did we have? All, it was the more grouper comes through John's Pass than any other place in the world. So it's in the like world. the fishing we capital. Group, they are the grouper capital of the world. Yeah. I do not Just know. It's huge, and there's tons of fishing boats. The fleets are cool. I like actually watching them going by the house and yeah. everything like that. It's it's actually really kind of cool. But the bad side of that is people go out for a long period of time. They're in for a short period of time. While they're in for a short period of time with a big wad of cash, that just the equation doesn't really add up, and bad things happen. Right. So yeah. that's really the reality of what's happening. So a lot of the development has relocated some of those fishing fleets, right, from different projects that came up in its place and you know, Madeira Bay, Holton's Peace, right? All the those yeah. 137th circle, all those different places have relocated those. So that's starting to come down. And when you change the dynamics of a town and you take away the fishing fleet, what comes along with that sometimes, and you put up multi million dollar projects, the city gets a huge influx of tax base which allows it to clean things up and do certain things when you have commissions that want to want to evolve. Right. And so Shane and Cheryl really kind of pushed a lot of that and, uh, and some rezonings and getting things happen into that city. They did a great job kind of steering the ship. So anyway, politics happens and an anti-growth movement came in and they were kind of the casualties of war um, for that situation. So it was, it was a shame to see that happen because I think you guys had things going in a really great way in the city. And so, every time I drive through Madeira, I see the, uh, when I saw the Cambria the other day, I thought, wow, we did that, you know? I mean, we don't work there anymore because it's there, but it looks really nice. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's going to continue to look really great. When that's all done on that side, everybody in that community will forget that they didn't even like anti-development. They'll be all for it at that point, I believe. Once they can see it all done, it, they'll completely be different. Especially when taxes don't have to be raised and the exactly. fire trucks stay new and everything stays safe and you know and the roads that's a, fixed. But you never change people's minds, right? If you're anti, you're anti. If you're pro, you're pro. And so that's what makes the world work. So, but everything leads to something new. And so here they are, Shane and Cheryl, get voted out in essence of the city. And now what? Right now, what do we do? Right. So exactly. that was that. It actually was a shock to a lot of people. No more so than to you. So now you and Shane are sitting there. Now, what do you do? What are the options? Like, what kind of paths were you looking at? Because you hadn't decided on real estate yet. No. You kind of shell-shocked going, what in the hell just happened? So kind of what was happening and what was the evolution and what were the options that you were kind of going back and forth with? Well, you know, it, like I said, it was it was a shocker for a while. So for a while, that, that took a lot to sink in. And then Shane got an opportunity to go work for this gentleman he works for now where he does a lot of redevelopment, 
and uh, marketing and all that stuff, which is right up his alley. So he's first time in corporate America. So that was a little adjustment for him, you know, for all of us. And then he started doing that. Me, on the other hand, I did for a while try to pursue um, going to work at other municipalities, but it just never worked out for me because, as you know, Google just wasn't my friend, is not my friend. So I didn't really have many opportunities. And then when Shane got, uh, he was told to go get his real estate license from his boss, I said, well, can I come with you for the class? You know, why not? I know a lot about building and zoning. This, this should be pretty easy. So I thought. So we get there and we take the class and it honestly was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I mean, I had to take the test a few times, I'm not going to lie, but I can honestly say at the end, I think with my, I don't want to, how do you say it? 27 years of customer service with people, I want to make people happy. So when I get these clients now, they are just more to me than, they're not just clients. They're, they become my friends. You know, I just, I bring them into my, my family unit. I want to make sure that everything is done. I feel bad when things don't work their way. So I think that with all that customer service background and my planning and my zoning and my knowledge of all that has made me become something I never thought I'd be good at, which is a real estate agent. If you had asked me uh, two years ago, I would have been like, no, I don't, I, there's no way. But I can't believe I can honestly say that I enjoy it. I've made a lot of friends and I'd like to think I'm pretty good at it. I don't know. <laughs> so who knows? Well, your, your testimonials are awesome. There are people who are, are loving working with you. And, oh, and it's that's working. So that's what it's about. Now, what's interesting is if you notice every one of these podcasts that we do, it all, everything's is a common thread. There's not one time Cheryl's mentioned money, right? It just yeah. doesn't happen. It's a service. Look, she was in public service for 27 years. She's clearly not in the world for money because she wasn't <laughs> no. making much as a city clerk. Right? But she had that servant mentality. She loved giving back to the city where she lived, grew her kids up, and liked to see things progress and help things along the way. And she's got that nurturing mentality. So when that enters into real estate, it just is a byproduct that money comes. Right? She actually enjoys the process. And you can see from the testimonials there. What do you like about real estate? Like, what do you enjoy about it? What, it what, what is it like that? How is it different than you thought it would be? Let's start with that. I uh... Well, I thought it would be, I mean, over the years I've met, there's a lot, I mean, just like anything else, right? You've got good and bad people. And I've met a lot of good realtors and I've met a lot of not so good realtors. And the ones that I've met that weren't so nice, I thought, oh my God, they're so shady or they're this or that. I don't ever want to be like that. You know, I never want to be uh, just somebody that people don't feel like they can trust, you know? So I thought, well, I don't know if I can do this because, you know, all these people are way smarter than me like that and they're more savvy and they you know can manipulate and sell better than I probably ever could but if I'm that person that will help you and I'm nice and maybe they'd give me a better chance and I actually have gotten more opportunities because of that just by being nice you know just by taking that extra text at 10 o'clock at night or getting up early in the morning to go over and help them pack something up or you know buying them lunch or something or making them because like you said, real estate only happens because life gets in the way or life happens somehow, right? So it gives me a lot of joy when I help someone who I had one client who lost her fiance. And it was a very difficult transition for her to sell his home. But I was there for her, 
you know, in every way I could. And I put myself in her shoes and I thought, oh my God, how would I do this? You know, I, I would hope somebody would be just as sensitive to me on that other end. And she has now become one of my closest friends. And just by me gaining her trust, she referred me to somebody else. And I just like helping them get to where they are to be. I just want them to be happy in the end. Nothing makes me more happy at that closing than when they're done and they get what they want. Like I said, I don't really care so much about the money. I just like to see the looks on their face, the sign of relief, the tears, you know, of joy, everything. That's what, that's why I do this. I love that. And that's, what's going to make you super successful going forward because it's about caring for people. Now, I think where a lot of people screw up in this industry is they mislabel sales, right? Because there's nothing we can do to sell somebody a house. Like you just yeah. said, you, you just guide them through a process that life created, right? I mean, there was nothing that you could have said that that, that lady who lost her fiance was never wanted to sell, right? Just life happened and she had to go through a path and you hugged her, held her hand and walked her down the path, right? So exactly. there's no sales involved in that. It's, it's about being there and being a trusted advisor. And you know what? They cry on our shoulders sometimes and a lot. And it's vulnerable position. It's the largest financial transaction in most, most people's lives. So selling is just listening to what's going on in their world, actually having some empathy and then holding their hand and taking them where you think mm -hmm. they should go because it's in their best interest. Exactly. Right? That's really what sales is. And those who are sleazy or shady and try to get a commission check, they're not salespeople, they're scumbags, right? And they're, they're, their careers are normally short-lived because they're in it for the wrong reasons. It's not a long-term career, career path. Right. So those who I think mislabel sales, right. Sales is truly just listening and handling them. So you're a great example of, of that. You really are. We're very happy Thank to you. have you here. So what is, so as the happy agent podcast is, so it's titled this way, it's about, I think we know some of it. It's about helping people, but what are some other goals that you guys have? Cause you're, you're hitting some really good deals. Let's talk about you just, you just double-sided a phenomenal um, property here in Madeira Beach on the water. Yeah, beautiful house on Harbor Drive. It, and it, go ahead, I'm sorry. It wasn't easy, right? No. It, it definitely wasn't. You earned every penny in this transaction because I was there when you first went into the listing presentation. I went over and met him with you. Yes. And we talked about the scenario. And um, so what did you learn through that process? Oh, I learned a lot, actually. Um, I learned so many things. And one of them being is, unfortunately, Somebody may be very, very close to you, but not everything they say is probably going to be correct, especially when it comes to a home, because people become emotionally attached or um, it's my house, so therefore it's the prettiest house in the block when it really it probably isn't and needs a lot of work. So how do you get to that point with that person gingerly without somehow offending them, killing the deal or just, just keeping them alive, you know? And there were moments that uh, he got frustrated and would want to pull the listing. And that's Shane helped me tremendously with that. Shane would help me rail him back in and bring him back in. But I also learned that um, I should have been a little bit probably more aggressive in the beginning and more assertive, you know, and stood my ground a little bit firmer, you know, as to what I believed in. Um, when it came to the home inspection, we did get it done prior, but I probably should have had him do more to fix it, you know, and I probably should have had a heart to heart with him about the price long before. And I also realized that if somebody's not an easy person to please, that, 
you know, you, you that's just something you can't fix. You just kind of got to work with it. And like you said, just guide this person all the way to the end of the journey and help them get there. So if I was to relist that house again, there's just so many things I would do differently. Everything from the marketing to the pricing to the, the way I handled um, my client to the people coming in, the people that bought the house. You know, there's just so many things that come into play, but it was honestly the best learning experience ever. And I'm very, very grateful that I got to double side that. Well, and for those watching here, there's no way to say, hey, Cheryl, here's a pill. Here's all the knowledge that I hope you're going to get oh. on the transactions. You have to go through it, right? I mean, this guy was extremely tough in his thinking. Yes. To her point, it was the best house in the world mm -hmm. um, for sale. And maybe it was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, right? sure. Yeah, but it, it hasn't updated to that type of a level. And sometimes people don't see that they just still think it is what it was when it was the best. Right. But then when you look at a new one that came up two towns over, that's a similar price point, you got to realize that's active competition and a buyer that flies in from Germany doesn't know the difference between the towns nor care. It's a nice house on the water and it's for one point something. Right. So it's tough. I remember multiple times you, me and Shane had the conversation. What do we tell them? Right. right. And we say, look, let's pull these comps out and say, here's your competition. You're going to either price to sell that one to get it off the market and then we're the only one left or you got to go lower than that. So they pick ours before that one. So it's, it's all a game. It's a strategy and it's our job to put as much money as we can in the client's pocket. But if you got to sometimes go through it and they don't want to hear it and it's our nope. job to tell them and you just got to ride it out. You can't always go just because it's a 6,000 square foot house doesn't mean every house on the water that is worth $500 a square foot if it's never been updated, needs a lot of work, needs new paint. You know, those are some of the variables that come into play that a lot of like, he did not want to see. He just said, well, my house is this big and this house is this big. So therefore it's worth X, you know? So right. it was a, it was a huge struggle. It was a, like I said, I lost a lot of sleep, <laughs> but in the end it all worked out. So I'm fine. <laughs> and it was exciting for me when that thing closed. Cause like we mentioned a little bit earlier, that one transaction, even though it's not about the money, it doesn't hurt. You guys have a beautiful, nice new home that you're living in right on the water. And to have one transaction equal what a typical annual salary was in, in the Madeira Beach thing, I think it's kind of justice being served in a way. <laughs> right? well, I, I also look at it like my, these, those eight transactions I did, just eight. And what I, they all started in, I want to say, May to the last one closed a couple of weeks ago, was two years salary in my old job. So I kind of look at it like I've really only lost one year's pay because two, in that small pe period of time, I made what I would have made working for two years at the city. I love it. That's you know what I think? One of the things that I love about having you and Shane work for, uh, with us is we always go back to attract and repel right? as a strategy. And that's just the way, the way life is, is there's people that, love you guys and there's people that don't love you guys there's people that love us there's people that don't love us and it's just sure. who, who cares right and that's some, one of the biggest things to learn in life is you're never going to be everything to everybody and there's going to be half of the people that don't like you and half the people that do exactly. right and it doesn't matter and so once you embrace the fact that that's just the way that it is all that matters is that you and shane have a vision for your life and it's funded right you guys put big ass smile on your face. You're going where you want to go. You're traveling where you want to travel. Your home is your oasis. Your kids yeah. are taken care of. You're having fun. You're making enough money to support your lifestyle and life is good, right? Exactly. 
And that's what I love about what you guys have been able to do because it's tough, right? Especially the situation, the way it went down with you guys was not right or fair mm-hmm. in, my, in my perspective. It just, I don't, how you treat anybody the way that happened is, wasn't right in my opinion. But yeah. with that said, doesn't matter. You guys have said, you know what? It is what it is. It's not going to un- be undone. And let's just work with the people that love us. And let's not work with the people who don't because they're not going to work with us anyway. And there's plenty of people that do love you and are going to always work with you. And they're going to be your cheerleading squad and keep referring business to you as you keep going down that path on that. So, and that's I- awesome. You know, and when I drive through Madeira and you're right, I drive down the road and I go, oh, I remember when I permitted that building. Oh, I remember when we did the development agreement for that. And all those things go down, go through my head as I drive through that city every time I drive through it. And there's, you know, there's a, like you said, in the end, it, it did get a little ugly and it, you know, it wasn't great, but I had a lot of great memories there too. I mean, who I am today, I would not be who I am today or where I'm at today had I not worked there my whole life. Right. And and the reality of it is she was, for 27 years, you had a whole bunch of different leadership styles yeah. right? and leadership visions. And ultimately, if you're going to keep your job, you're going to do whatever the city manager tells you to do in that role. Right. Yeah. So if they, if, if somebody said, I want nothing but a hundred story buildings here, guess what? She was going to help permit hundred story buildings. Mm-hmm. If the commission voted for hundred story buildings, she was going to have to park those through. Yep. Right. And yep. if they said, I'm not one, one more building built here ever, guess what she was going to do? Make sure that that happened. So, I mean, people to understand the, the whole big picture of it is, is, you know, you do what your, what your job is. And so yep. what I, I love that the way it's unfolding, I think is a blessing in disguise. Oh, for sure. And you know, now that Madeira is drawing in a lot more younger people, that will completely change the tone of that community as well. You know, and unfortunately, you have a lot of older people out there who would like the way it was when they moved there in 1954. But when they are no longer the the majority, and the younger generation is more the majority, and they become the minority, that community will be amazing i mean it'll just be it'll be like everything else the tax base your houses will go through the roof everything will be it'll be a great place to live and work yeah well because people change their focus right the priorities are different like for me with having a 10 month old and a four-year-old my ideas for what i want to see in madeira beach are totally different than people that don't right and so the playgrounds and the beautiful parks without needles in them are important to me right yeah (laughs) Yeah, and the rec center is important to you Correct. Right. Correct. And so that, that's, that's the fun part about it. But you know, you have in every town's the same guys. I don't care what town you live in. There's always going to be people that have different visions for it and it's going to ebb and flow with elections and cycles and just is what it is. And so it's our job to kind of, you know, be there and just help people. So in this business, I think attracted repel is something that I, I love that you guys have embraced. And there are a lot of people that said, Oh my God, Shane and Cheryl are going to work for you. So, yeah. I love them. They're great people. They're yeah, good thank people. You. Thank you. Right. And, you know, there's probably people that will never do business with us at all because of it, but I don't care because you guys are good people and yeah. you've got a good vision for, for the city. And most importantly, it doesn't really matter. So right. right now you've created your whole world. You've got the vision. I love seeing you guys travel like the best of them, have great experiences yeah. and just and loving life. And that's what the happy agent is all about is like actually having that vision and then going to fund it. Shane's got a great world he's working in right now. Mm-hmm. He's got a great sphere that works with you. You've got a great sphere that works with you. So the sky's truly the limit on this one. And we still work together like a fine-tuned machine. As I even sit here doing my brochure for the commercial listing I have in Treasure Island, I'm working on the zoning aspect of it. And he will come in occasionally and 
redirect me or show me where I maybe didn't hit a stronger point or a better issue, you know, and we still, it's just, it comes so naturally and we just make an amazing team. Yes. So Mike, from your perspective, from a marketing side of the world, what's the best way to leverage the past and the current and the, and the situation where you are? What are, what are your suggestions or insights here? I mean, from, from a social perspective, right, I think it goes, it all comes back to consistency. So, you know, we talked about this a little bit in our morning training today, but the reality is if you want people to see your stuff, you have to be consistent, you have to post engaging content. And so, you know, if you're doing that and then it's content that's not even real estate related, but it's engaging, it's engaging, it's engaging, then people are going to see that just sold $1.3 million listing, right? They're going to see that new listing that you just got. They're going to see, you know, the project that you're working on. They're going to see those things because by engaging in the other content, they've told Facebook that they care about what you're posting about, but that doesn't happen unless you're consistent, right? So that's the biggest thing. Um, if you want to make sure that your content is, is continuously seen, you have to be, consistent about posting and consistent about um, making sure you're balancing engaging content versus real estate content. And so that, that undoubtedly will help, you know, you as well as every other agent um, from a social perspective, but I've seen what you and Shane do and you guys are pretty active on social and it's a variety of content. So um, yeah, I think you're certainly doing better than most. Well, and here's, here's the biggest challenge right now, because the identity of Cheryl, right, is a 27-year identity in public service in Madeira Beach, yeah. right? And most people that think, if, if we just popped your face up to your world, most of them are still going to think about you being in Madeira Beach, right? Mm -hmm. Very few are equating you with this, right? They're not totally into real estate yet. So the point of what Mike's talking about is the more you post out there something in real estate, go stand on the camera, go stand at one of the projects, go stand on the dock, go talk, just balance out some real estate stuff because our job, once your tribe fully connects you in real estate, then every time they're at their kid's graduation or baseball game or softball game or at a marriage party or a wedding or divorces or anything that's going on in their world that involves real estate, they're gonna say, ah, Cheryl, right? So our number one job right now is retraining your whole tribe. Right, into sure. thinking about you. And that's, that's what Mike's talking about, just pushing that up. It's simplification too, though, right? Because, so Cheryl, I think you already hit this, but like the, the eight deals that you've done, where did those eight deals come from? One, one came from the, my sphere, the gentleman I was friends with on the same street I lived at. And from there, one was a, a lead. And that lead, um, she is what literally pretty much fed me to everybody else. Somehow everything trickled or somebody in her work environment, she mentioned me and then I'd get a phone call and say, Oh, so-and-so mentioned you. And it would just keep going from there. And right, my so last, my last uh, listing came from my knowledge of working at Madeira beach because she has a commercial property and she knows that I did planning and zoning. So she called and said, would you list my property? So the, the main theme, though, here is referral business, right? And referrals yeah. happen when relationships are built. And Correct. relationships happen through communication and having conversations, right? 
So if we just look at it from like a, just a purely basic, simple premise, and we look at social as just the ability to have conversations, right? Then the whole game changes because now it's not about where can I go get another lead? It's how can I have more conversations? And so if, if most agents just took the time to say, okay, I'm going to post this silly post like we did today about my favorite childhood snacks. But every single person who comments what those childhood snacks are, I'm going to click the little message button and now start a one-on-one -on -one conversation with those people. I was going through the feed and the average agent already had by this afternoon who posted it had 15 to 30 com uh, comments on those posts. That yeah. is 15 to 30 one-on-one -on -one conversations that they could have started today that undoubtedly will lead to a, a referral or a piece of business from that individual. But it starts with the conversation and we're not looking at social in that manner, right? We always look at social as like, how can I market myself? Well, stop marketing. Just start talking. Just start having conversations, start connecting. And if you do that, yeah, I promise it will lead to more business, right? And so your, your case in point, if you just focus and said, okay, I got these eight deals because I built relationships and they referred me to people and I care, so I'm going to do a good job because my heart and my intent's in the right place, mm -hmm. right? Then it's just about having more conversations because that will lead to more deals. And so it's just finding ways to do that. And in my opinion, social is a great way to do it. Very true. Yeah. Just adding on to that, it's like I think a lot of people misunderstand what you just said, right? And when you engage with those people, it's not even about real estate. It's not, hey, you want to sell your house. That's, I mean, you can't sell anybody anything. It's, uh, you're selling trust and likability. And when you, people engage with you, they like you, right? If they don't like you, they're going to be your secret haters that are just watching your feed and not commenting, right? But right. the people that are actually commenting and, and liking and sending you love, they actually like you and they trust you and they want to see what's going on with them. So when you reach out to them and just say, hi, all you're doing is building in the asset base of, their brain, you are here, right? So when they're at a, a birthday party on Saturday, 14 Saturdays from now, right? You're right. now more likely to pop up in their brain as a real estate professional because you just said, hi, how are the kids, right? Because I don't know about you, but when somebody comments on something of mine, I'm like, God, who's that person again? I don't, you know, and I click on their profile and I'm like, oh shit, that's what they do, right? And that, that's kind of what happens in the background. And that's what I think is the secret sauce of this is just making sure people think about you uh, yes. When they think about real estate, and it's not an instant magic bullet. Ooh, like my stuff, sell your house. Never going to work that way. It's yeah. ooh, think about me when you think about real estate. And that takes time. And it's about 27 impressions before that even registers as something real. And if we go back to what you said, about three people has been the nucleus of your career so far. And yeah. you've got several hundred who love you, but only three have been activated in that part of their brain. You are real estate. So sure. just reaching out every day. How are the kids? What's going on? What do you do for the holidays? What's happening? How are you? like 10 or 15 of those a day that you never have to worry about any income and it'll fund whatever lifestyle you and Shane can dream. And I know you guys can dream big. And, um, <laughs> Who doesn't, right? But with, right. You know, it's really, it's, and I, and I know, and even Shane rolls his eyes at me, but it's, it's not really so much a, the money is great. Not going to lie. It's, it's a huge bonus, but I really just enjoy helping people get to the next step in their lives. And it, it, and when something goes wrong or like one of my, one of my clients, they moved into their house and then the plumbing didn't work. I felt horrible, you know, like somehow 
I, I misled them or you know, but realized that's common. But, you know, I still talk to them all the time. I still reach out to them because that's important to me. You know, I don't want to just, I'm not just going to sell you something. I don't really think it's selling, like you said, but I'm not going to help you get to where you're going to be at and then walk away when it all falls apart. I know contractors. I know people that can help you, so I'll just keep going. And then that person will say, oh, she did this and she did that, and in turn, you'll get more business from it. But I do it because that's just who I am, not because it's going to get me further. I just can't sleep it. I would literally wake up at 4 in the morning consumed with the fact that they're there's something that doesn't work and I know somebody who could probably go fix it. And they probably owe me a favor over those 27 years somehow. <laughs> so it just keeps going. <laughs> and that's what makes it. I'm curious. You had 27 years of an eight to five or nine to five job. Yes. How was the transition to real estate and its freedom and flexibility? I will tell you what, that is the most difficult part for me. I'm not going to lie. I was you're, I was an excellent government employee. I was there at quarter to eight, sometimes 7.30. I didn't get paid for it. I stayed late if I had to, but it was very structured. And when I went home at night and the weekends, except for my last five years, my life was my own. And with real estate, unfortunately, whoever once said to me, um, you'll love real estate because you can make your own hours is a, is a horrible liar because it's <laughs> the opposite of the truth. I mean, I was on, I was just on vacation two weeks ago and one of the last deal that closed, there was a lot of complications with it. I must've been on the phone more. I, I had to keep excusing myself from the people that I were with because it took up all my time. So it's not like you can never just get a break, right? You can never get a break. You're, you're doing it all the time. So that sometimes I'm not gonna lie is mentally a little taxing because you know, when you're used to putting your family and everything first, and then your job. Um, but unfortunately, that job became second nature to me. I, I did it so long, I could have done it in my sleep. But when you have to put all that aside and then really think about what you're going to say and do, and how do you write up this contract, and how do you present it, and do all these things, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and somebody's freaking out, that's kind of hard to you know, not totally have your life as your own again. But the rewards in the end are all worth it. it but also... That's, that's very true. But now fast forward three years from now and when you'll be able to just write a contract and, you know, fast forward right. three months of that, you can now write a contract in four minutes on your phone. Right. right exactly. At a bar in Nashville. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or in three years from now, maybe I'll have enough business that I can make my at eight o'clock shut off my phone. You know, I probably won't though. I'm not built that way, but you know, I can make a little bit more of, my own hours as opposed to everybody else. I had a client who flew into town yesterday. He texted me yesterday. Can I go see this house? It's like, I didn't even know you were coming, you know? So <laughs> it's all, but I did, I made it happen. I made it happen. And, and uh, I'm actually might write him up something today, but those are the kind of things that when you do this for a living, you have to be ready to drop everything to help somebody else out. If you want to be good at it. When you're wired the way you are to really take great care of people, right? Then you just take that on as a, as an obligation. And yeah. now the difference is going to be when you actually understand when it, when it sinks into, there is no real estate emergency and your people will respect you when you say, that's a great question. Let's talk tomorrow morning. But right now you want to 
over contribute in a lot of ways, right? To make sure that you, you kind of prove yourself to yourself. I think when we revisit another podcast a few years from now, I think we're going to see a whole different evolution where, you know, if you called your doctor, right, at 930 at night, he's going to say, you know, see, how about on Tuesday at 10, right? First of all, now we're going to reach him, right? So when you evolve into that level and the the next level, but I think your mentality, just your ability to want to embrace and and serve people is why people are going to keep wanting to call you, right? It's just once you set those boundaries will be set a little stronger as time goes by, but this is kind of the evolutionary curve of this business is I don't want to lose anything yet. Right. right? So you want to be there, but soon you'll realize that you're not going to lose them because they're working with you because they love you and they feel comfortable and they trust you. And that eight 30 tomorrow is the same thing as 10 o'clock tonight. And they'll respect that because they're, they're not just calling you off a of Zillow. They're actually coming to you because they're referred and they like you. Well, and that's probably going to take me a long time only also because what I did do for a living I had to have that answer yesterday. So I'm just totally in tune with if you had come in and said, okay, Cheryl, I want to build this house today. And this is my survey. I'm not really sure how to read it. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to build. How can you help me? Now I've been told that how it stands now is you may get an answer in 60 days, but I, on the other hand, used to sit down with you, ask you, tell you realistically what you could and couldn't do, but I didn't want you to leave there until you had some idea as to what you couldn't, couldn't do, some self-satisfaction for you, so that I knew, I, didn't, I mean, I don't care if they called the city manager complained about me, that was never my reasoning for getting everybody their stuff. I just wanted to make you happy. I just wanted you to be able to go home and tell your wife and say, you know what, we can do this, you know, and not wait two or three weeks for it. So. My thing was always, well, why make people wait? Just if you can help them and you know what they want, just help them out now. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to turn that off. I'm sure Shane wishes I would sometimes, but it's just who I am. I just can't, I can't help myself. It makes me happy to see people get where they need to be. Well, that's the ultimate point there. You just said it. It makes me happy. And if yeah. it makes you happy, do it, right? Don't ever do anything that's not making me happy. And that, that's that level of service is what, what you enjoy doing and um yeah and it's awesome it's all so, now I'm, that's right so i'll tell you what very promising career i think you're having fun with this i think every deal every day that goes by your confidence goes up and your confidence goes up exactly. so when you increase your confidence and your confidence with your level of trust of people that love working with you it's just going to keep escalating and then as more and more people start thinking about you when they're thinking about real estate your phone's just going to keep ringing and keep ringing and keep ringing and texting coming in and saying, Hey, can you help me? Hey, I've got a friend. I have a friend. I've got a mom. I got a sister. I got a brother and my daughter and all that stuff's going to keep coming as you know that this business builds into that. So huge promising future coming for you. So we're I very proud so. to have you. I hope so. I know so. It's great. So thank you. No, we love having you. So last, last bit of advice to those agents who are not happy yet. Not haven't figured out what makes them happy yet, and and they're still struggling a little bit. What's your advice? Just hang in there, you know. And and all it takes is just that one person, that one deal, that one shot across the bow that will you'll realize everything starts to fall into place. And this is what you're supposed to be doing, or maybe not. But 
it, it is what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're in that, just still, how do you explain it? Just keep your confidence and your, so everything, I can't really explain this logically. So it just, to me, it's just kind of like, do your best and everything else falls into place. And eventually you'll see what you're supposed to be doing. It'll all come to you. I mean, karma or the energy or whatever it is you put out into the universe will definitely come back to you tenfold. You just got to wait it out. Yep. And also, and I think everyone else who's watching too, don't be afraid to call when you don't know what the hell's going on. I do. (laughs) I know. And that's, that's what you're supposed to do. We're partners here, right? This is we're we're a team. We're partners in this deal and you're not supposed to know everything. Because we've been doing this for as long as you've been doing If I wanted, if I became city clerk, I would be lost. Right. right? You've got 27 right. years of experience. We've got 27, we have 30 years of experience in real estate. So rely on it. Pick on it. And <laughs> say, I got a question. What do I do here? Oh, that setback's two feet. Right. You could be at the top of your head. You say, now, what do I do with this? We say, oh, this is what you do. So that's what's right. good. So don't worry about the confidence part or the competence. Just be okay to rely on your, your team. Right. And I think that's something you're not on an island. You're not supposed to know everything. Your friends don't expect you to know anything. Stop pretending you're a real estate master. Just let them know that you're surrounded by people who are real estate masters and they're on your team and they, we all have your back collectively. And I think that'll take a lot of pressure off of you. And -hmm. I think that'll also take a lot of, give a lot more trust to your clients because sure they know you don't know what you're doing in real estate yet. You've been 27 years in the city. How would you be a real estate expert? There's no way. Right. right? So it's much better to come out and say, I'm not one. But I know some people who are, and unfortunately, I'm affiliated with them, and we got your back. They'd much rather hear the truth. That's and, what I do. That's yeah. what I always tell people. And that's the point. And I don't care if you're watching. If you've, if you've been doing this for 20 years, but you've never tapped into the luxury $3 million plus marketplace, we have. So the, you're the same as starting out fresh when you're trying to get to another level. We've been to pretty much every level you're going to try to go to. We've sold every kind of property that you've ever going to try to sell. And we've got your back on every step of the way. So drop the pressure and just rely on your team, no matter where you're working, right? That's what, that's what the whole point is here. So, and I, and I know you guys take advantage of that well. So, all right. I think that's great parting. What's that? You make it easy. You guys make it easy. Well, we care and we want to make sure you guys are having a happy lifestyle and and don't mess anything up either because my brother's as the broker record isn't going to look good in orange. So we're going to make sure that you don't do anything to, (laughs) to send them away. Exactly. So, awesome. Well, Cheryl, thank you for your time. And I think that was great insight to a lot. Any right, parting thoughts? Thank you, guys. Sir? It was great. Very good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for watching. And um, as always, leave some comments and hit some friends who need to see this. Thanks for watching, guys. Have a great day.